Think Humanities, a podcast for people who love history, philosophy, culture, literature, civic dialogue, and the arts. Think Humanities, from Kentucky Humanities, where we've been telling Kentucky stories for 45 years. Here is your host, Bill Goodman. The Literary Lunch with Silas House and Friends. In fact, we're calling it uh, the Many Sides of Silas House. Uh, The event is on Tuesday, November 13th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. It's uh, taking place at Arts Place on North Mill Street in Lexington. It is a ticketed event, and tickets are available at our website, kyhumanities.org. Seating is limited. It's uh, starting to fill up, so we're really excited about that. And the many sides of Salas House will include... His uh, discussion of his very popular and latest novel that came out uh, this last summer, Southernmost, which uh, he's done uh, so well with, and he's uh, appeared uh, all over the the country talking about Southernmost, and we're so proud to to know Silas and to have him with uh, his success of five novels. This latest novel is uh, incredible in the way it has evolved from his first novel many years ago. We're also going to uh, be able to preview a bit of Hillbilly, a documentary that uh, Silas House is the executive producer for, and working with producers from Kentucky. Uh, One, uh, Ashley York, uh, is just beginning to debut that uh, Hillbilly uh, documentary, and we're going to to see a, a clip of that at the lunch, and Silas is going to talk about that, but that leads me to the other side of Silas' house, uh, which is uh, he loves music, of course. He and his uh, partner, uh, Jason Howard, are uh, frequently, uh, I understand, uh, play together on their front porch, and they're going to be uh, joined by a special friend, and now a special friend of Kentucky Humanities, Tiffany Williams, who is also a Kentuckian, and we're going to find out about her her roots uh, in Appalachia. And she is uh, with us today, Tiffany. It's so uh, it's such an honor to have you join me on the uh, podcast today. I'm so glad to be with you, Bill. Thank you for having me. So you're the uh, you could probably do a lot more, uh, but you are the the music portion of uh, our literary lunch with Silas and and Jason. So. If you will, just tell me about uh, your background, uh, where, as they say, where you growed up, uh, what county you're from, and uh, just tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I was born in Letcher County, um, and uh, I, I grew up there, I lived most of my life there. Um, I'm from McRoberts, which is in between Jenkins and Neon, and uh, I've had family in Letcher County since uh, gosh, the 1800s before the coal camp came in. And uh, my mom's from Pike County, and I went to college in Pike County, Pikeville College. It's University of Pikeville now, but um, also taught high school in Pikeville for, hmm. for a while, for five years, actually. I taught English. But um, but yeah, I'm, I'm originally from there. I, I live in Nashville now. It's been kind of a long journey. I don't know how much of that you want to hear, but um, well, I'd like to hear, I'd like to hear your story. I would like to hear that. Uh, okay. Well, so I went to, to college in Pikeville and then I was really interested in languages and in particular sign language. 
And so I worked at the school for the deaf in Knoxville for a while. And then um, I needed something that was going to be a little more practical for me and um, a, a kind of a better income. That that It was a great experience, but it wasn't really something I could live off of. So um, I went to ETSU and got my master's in teaching. I had majored in English, and so this was um, just a, a certification program. And while I was there, um, I met Stephen Gross. I took a bunch of linguistics courses because, like I said, I was really into language. I'm not bilingual at all. I'm just kind of fascinated by language generally and mm -hmm. wish, wish that I were uh, bilingual. But um, so let me turn. I'm sorry, Bill. Let me turn this off. That's okay. I had it, it's dinging on me. <laughs> That's all right. Live uh, recordings uh, happen like that sometimes, so it's perfectly right. all right. This is a new computer. I really don't know what I'm doing. But um, <clears throat> so, yeah, the uh, <clears throat> so I was at the school for the deaf for a while. I got my MIT at ETSU, took a bunch of linguistics courses. I got a teaching job up in Pike County at Pikeville High School, taught there five years. And I still had this strong desire to to go and pursue linguistics. And so this kind of happened simultaneously, though. Um, it's funny because I met Silas at uh, Lincoln Memorial University at the Ma Mountain, Heritage, Mountain Heritage Literary Festival, which he founded. And um, he used to be the writer in residence at LMU. And mm -hmm. so I met him in the summer of 2008. And then I went to Hyman that same year. So I went to LMU and Hyman for like those, those three years. Um, mm -hmm. And I still go to LMU from time to time. But, um, but yeah, so at, I, I had started writing fiction in graduate school. I started writing songs when I was about 26, I guess. So I, I had been teaching about a year. And um, so all of that was just kind of, you know, bubbling up. And, and I got in touch with a friend of mine, Jonathan Dean, who's from Knoxville, and we started co-writing. And so we had some stuff going on in Nashville at the time. We were making trips and talking to publishers. And um, so it, I was kind of torn. But I said, oh, Nashville, if Nashville wants me, Nashville will call. And so mm -hmm. I went to uh, Raleigh, to NC State, and because Walt Wolfram is there. And he did some uh, seminal research in the mountains. His, I think it was in the 70s he published uh, Appalachian Speech. And so I wanted to study with him. I had since I had taken those linguistics courses with Stephen Gross at ETSU. So I go there, I stay a semester, and I just feel so compelled to come to Nashville because I begin to realize that it's not going to happen. Nothing's going to happen for me in Nashville unless I'm in Nashville. Mm. And the thing about um, linguistics, I was doing the, you know, I already have my MA or in my MAT, but mm -hmm. I to go to the um I wanted to study with Walt first of all but I also wanted to get a master's and then go on for a PhD uh, in linguistics in sociolinguistics Appalachian dialect and that's what I studied when when I was at NC State and so um I could tell right off that it was going to be you know tunnel vision and I wouldn't be able to do any of the other things that I loved I would have to kind of put those to the side while I did my you know while I went for my degree and um, and I just I couldn't do that. That was that was the, the thing about it. I just I had to be able to, you know, do all the things that I loved at once. And I have been able to do that since then. I still write fiction. Um, I'm down here writing songs and performing and co-writing. 
And um, as far as linguistics goes, I still kind of keep a hand in that in a few ways. So um, Michael Montgomery, who is yeah. the editor. Yeah. Do you know Michael? Oh, just just the name. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's well known in Appalachian linguistics. He's a lexicographer primarily. And so he is the editor of the Dictionary of Smoky Mountain English. And I don't know if he's announced it yet. I don't think it's a secret, but he's expanding and revising, re revising and expanding um, the dictionary to include more of Appalachia. And so I've been working with him. And uh, anytime he references the Williams collection, that's it's something that I've given him, you know, uh, sample sentences or, you know, words or phrases. And uh, he and I worked together previously on a glossary. I was kind of his apprentice um, when I did the glossary for the collected short stories of James Steele, which came yeah. out um, from UK Press. Yeah. So, so yeah. So to keep the linguistics alive, I, I'm not I'm not officially in academia or anything, but I do work with Michael Montgomery some, and um, yeah, I still I still yeah. do other things that are, are related to that. And so that's kind of my ideal existence is I get to do all these things that I love and and um, don't have to give any of it up. Well, let me stay with Nashville and um, and music right now. Um, because uh, like thousands and thousands of, um, of songwriters and, and musicians and singers, Nashville is the, uh, the Mecca. Oh, yeah. um, and and you, you go there, I mean, I, I can remember, um, and there are probably a, a thousand stories like this, when, when uh, Chris Christopherson and um, who else, uh, used to sweep floors at WLAC-TV, uh, which is now WTVF television, and they were making it, of course, and they did. Um, is it tough? How, how grueling is the task to, to try to break in? Are you, are you more focused on writing or performing? Um. It, it's grueling. You feel like you're in the trenches for sure in the slush pile. Um, I've had a lot of encouraging things happen since I've been here. I've been here going on five years. And um, but just as an example of how it can it can be, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Nothing's set in stone. Um, nothing's guaranteed. I, when I moved here, I had a publishing deal with a music row publisher. It was single song um, back-end contract, which is um, not the same as a, as a staff writing deal, but still is pretty cool. And it was part of the impetus for me moving here. It kind of validated me and, and got me here. But like two months after I moved here, that fell through. And I haven't had one since. And um, I've been working with a lot of um, a lot of co-writers who are who are also kind of in the trenches. I've had a couple of co-writers who have gone on to do really well, and yeah, it's it's a struggle and it can be really disheartening. I think for me, I had to recalibrate and understand that this is just the way it is. You know, you have to you have to keep on doing what you believe in and and doing good work and making the contacts with people. And um, just kind of believe in yourself in this, you know, in this way that just keeps you going and al almost, um, what is that Venn diagram of, of mm. an artist? It's like, yeah, it's, it's where narcissism and um, 
<laughs> and self-loathing like that that part of the venn diagram yeah. so you ha you have to like believe in yourself and who knows where it's coming from right you just have to keep going but um but you don't always have things that affirm that you have to kind of fuel it yourself sometimes so so yeah no it's tough and i i by no means have have succeeded at this point i mean i've had small victories and and lately i've been focusing more um on my own music uh, I initially moved down here to co-ride and do commercial country stuff, but, but yeah, I've really, um, really veered more toward my own stuff mm -hmm. lately. I'm, I'm talking to Tiffany Williams, uh, who's going to join uh, Silas House at our Kentucky Humanities Literary Lunch during the Kentucky Book Festival on Tuesday, November the 13th. Uh, we're talking from Nashville, where she uh, now works and writes and and has a life there, uh, but but she's had some other interesting things happen to her too, and I'm going to talk to her about that. But let me ask you if you um, if you had to describe your style at this point. Uh, country music has gone through such a, a revolution, um, it seems like, and it's almost every other day you hear a, a new style or a new singer, or or you you hear somebody going back to to the roots of of country music where. Where do you fit into that uh, that panoply? Yeah, I feel like you're you're right about that. It, it almost feels like the Wild West with country music currently because you've you've gotten a lot of pushback with the bro country, and so it's like everybody's trying to figure out how they can how they can be country but also be you know new and and there's a lot of different manifestations of that, a lot of different um, combinations and styles. Um, that you can hear just on in an hour on the radio. I don't know that I grew up listening to country and I, and I do love country, um, especially the nineties stuff, but, um, but yeah, I don't know that I would call myself country per se. It's more, you know, Americana. I know nobody knows what Americana is exactly, but, um, Americana folk kind of rootsy mm -hmm. singer songwriter, um, modern mountain ballad stuff. So, uh, so yeah, I guess that's where I would put myself. It's always kind of hard to categorize yourself, though. Yeah, and I would. Uh, we didn't talk about this before we started the recording. I don't know if you have your guitar handy there, or uh, if you play a guitar, or your piano, or mandolin, or whatever. Um, would you Would you treat us to just a couple of bars of uh, of maybe something that you've written that you're proud of? Oh yeah, I don't mind a bit. Um, I'll have to, to get it off the wall and tune it for a second, if that's okay. Well, that's okay. We, we can do that while we continue to, uh, to talk about uh, your life in, in uh, music in, uh, in Music City, USA. Has it been exciting to be in, uh, in Nashville at this time of your life? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think as, you know, I'm getting a little older, but um, when I was... Uh, when I was in my late 20s, I really had a strong desire to be in a city. And I don't know that I'll always live in a city, but I guess, you know, just being from from where I'm from, I wanted to experience the, the excitement of being in a city. I currently work downtown. I sometimes take the commuter train into town. It feels very European. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just wanted to – I wanted that experience for myself um, – you know, first it was Raleigh at NC State, and now it's mm -hmm. Nashville. Nashville's starting to feel small to me, though. If, if, mm. You know, sometimes I, I'll look up and I'll think, how did I even get here? Yeah. And it just feel big. But but a lot of times it'll 
it, you know, when you get used to something, it, it's it's a piece of cake. It doesn't seem so overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, if you were um, if you were to choose an artist today that uh, that you really admire, um, male or female or both, um, that that uh, our listeners might uh, know and appreciate, who who would that be as you're tuning your guitar? Um, goodness. Well, I'll just list a few that I absolutely love. Patty Griffin, uh, Gillian Welch, Jason Isbell, John Moreland. And uh, I've been listening to Phoebe Bridgers a lot lately. She's, I think she's out in California, but she's, she's just stunning. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, those, those are the ones that I'm, I'm really kind of in tune with right now. Yeah. Well, what uh, what would you like to do for us? Just a, just a little bit of it. We're I, I'm not. Uh, I don't want to put you on the spot too much. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this is a song called uh, "The Waiting," and um, it's on my forthcoming EP. So uh, I'll just play the first verse if that's okay. Good. That's great. What a miracle. Same stretch of time drops down, not knowing why or how it all turns out. So we wait, wait here. So, um, yes, sorry, yeah. my, uh, my boss. I like it. My, I like my, it. My, I really do. Yeah. And you. and that's the I was gonna use that as sort of a lead-in. You do have, um, are they are they called? You is it an EP, LP, uh, DVD? What is it these days? It's an it's an EP. It's a, a shorter album. It's just five songs. Oh really? That's great. Now, will it be? Can can you purchase the the physical? disc or or is it all going to be digital or or is it downloaded or how, how do we how do we go about that either any of those ways oh, um, okay. so yeah it's it's coming out on the 18th of january of next year and um so i will have physical copies um i think i'll have a i'll think i'll have those available online um, through a distributor, but it'll definitely be on, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, those, yeah, those sorts of things. But um, yeah, and, and when I'm out at shows, I'll have physical copies. Wonderful. Well, we're we're so excited uh, that you're going to be in Lexington on November the 13th. But I I do have to ask you uh, one other question because when we first began to communicate, which was only a couple of weeks ago. You were working as a dialect coach for a movie uh, being shot in Kentucky. Uh, I believe you said, was it Hazard or Harlan? Harlan County. Harlan, yeah, Harlan County. Can you tell me a little bit about that? And I can sort of guess what a dialect coach would be, especially for a an actor from um, New York who's trying to to maybe sound like he fits in. But uh, is, is that is that what it is, or? Uh, tell me, uh, tell me what what your job was that week. Yeah, I think you've got the basic premise of it. It, it is what you would assume. But um, just to give you a little background about the movie, it's called The Evening Hour. It's uh, an adaptation of 
the novel by the same name by Carter Sickles, who is a Kentucky author. And um, so they have a dialect coach in New York. Her name is Kate Wilson. She's worked with, you know, a ton of names you would recognize. But um, so I was the onset dialect coach. This was my first attempt at anything like this. It's It, it just kind of fell into my lap. But um, so and, and partly because, you know, I'm from the area and um, I'd studied sociolinguistics and all that, and I'm hyper aware of, of the speech of the area. And also I can, I can do it. I can, you know, I talk that way myself, but, um, but yeah, so I was, you know, Kate teaches at Juilliard and she's up in New York. And so yeah. she, you know, the actors would go to her or she would work with them remotely some, but I was actually on set. And so, um, I would watch the monitors. I would have, um, the headset on and be able to hear what they what the actors were saying and then you know every every scene that they have they'll shoot you know five takes of one camera angle and then they'll shoot five takes of another camera angle so there's a lot of um, opportunity to step in and um, give notes on the dialect and so yeah I just listen and I have we have what what are called sides and so it has a line for the day all the lines for the day and um so you just kind of like keep track and uh in if if you need to step in because something is going off mm-hmm. you know i mean the the actors put in a lot of work and like i said they worked with kate so they they have the general idea but dialect comes it, it's it's maybe not even secondary maybe it's tertiary the primarily you know you want you you want to to focus on your acting, the emotion of it and, 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 and doing that. So the dialect sometimes, um, will slip, you Mm -hmm. know, because you're focused on other things, but, uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was an amazing experience. And, uh, yeah, I really hope that it's, it's not my last time doing that kind of work, but, um, but yeah, it was terrific. And I think the movie's going to be really great too. What it? What's the? Um, I, I'm not. I'm not familiar with the novel. What is the um, the theme of the movie? Oh goodness! The thing that I love about the novel is that it's so complex. It really shows a lot of like. Uh, it tells a lot about the region. It talks about you know, um, mountaintop removal, mining, mm. and addiction, and um, sexuality. There's a lot of different things going on in the novel, and I think that. Um, I think Carter does a great job of showing, you know, how it's all interconnected, how it's not, you know, it's really complicated. It's, it's not, there's not one answer. There's not one motive for the things that, that people go through. And so I feel like that nuanced look at everything is, um, has really like translated well into the film too. And, and I think that the, uh, the director and the producers are really, that's why I was there, right? Because they're, they're dedicated to authenticity. That's why they're shooting in Harlan. They really, um, they want it to be a nuanced representation and, and do justice by it. So, um, so yeah, there's a lot of also like, you know, um, a big theme in, in, in my music about home and also about, you know, in Appalachian literature is do you leave or do you stay? And that's one of the motifs of the book for sure. So, um, yeah. And the, the, give us the name of the, uh, the, the novel and the movie again. Did you say the the evening? 
The evening hour. Mm-hmm. Hour and and it's Carter. Sickles. S i c k e l s. E l s. I'm going to look that up uh, tomorrow uh, and um, and look into that. I think that's wonderful, and um, I know that being a proud Kentuckian as we all are, it, it there's nothing worse than than seeing a, a film or hearing somebody try to. Um, act like they're Appalachian or to come in and, and disparage uh, the region and, and, and not treat it uh, genuinely and uh, exploit it more. Uh, I, think, I think we're very proud um, people and I don't think uh, anyone who is born and raised here or lives here now, whether they were uh, not born and raised here, um, I, I think we're all very protective of of the region and 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 sure it has its problems, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, as long as it's it's truthful and and factual, uh, that's okay in my book. How about yours? Yeah, definitely. I think yeah. just to not not to caricature it in any way in the story, the you know, in the dialect, just to to offer a true representation that you know Appalachia has its problems but everywhere else does too and so um if you kind of humanize the area I think that you know I think I think these guys are doing a good job with everything I think we'll be happy with the end result for sure um finally because I just think it's fascinating um I guess maybe because I've also seen a lot of bad movies where uh, an actor is terrible at the Southern accent or um, uh, this is not Southern, this is Appalachian. And I, I'm, I'm so pleased to hear that you are, um, you're doing this work and, and protecting, um, coveting uh, this, this beautiful language. I'll never forget the first time that Silas uh, House told me the story of uh, when he was um, much younger, many years ago, and and he thought he he didn't sound like he should if he was going to be a sophisticated uh, writer and 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 resident of of the world, and um, somebody uh, was it Lee Smith or somebody said Silas, never change the way you speak. Uh, be proud of of your roots and and develop that and make that part of who you are. And and I think he's done that so well. And I. I think I, I sort of hear that in you also. Well, I know that when you are true to yourself, it can empower other people who are like you and, and give them permission really to, to be true to themselves too. I know that um, I, so my first experience with Silas's work was when I was in graduate school at ETSU and I read Clay's Quilt. And that was such a pivotal moment for me um, because it was the first time that I had seen the way that I talk in a, in a real novel, you know. And so that was so important to me to know that it legitimizes it, you know, it legitimizes the way you talk and who you are. And um, I've had a couple of experiences like that, you know, in linguistics, but that was my first literary experience. And I, I feel like Silas has told the story that Lee Smith was that for him. I think he said mm-hmm. Fair Tender Ladies maybe um, was his his first experience of like seeing <clears throat> his own way of talking in, in a book. <clears throat> and that's so important. And so I think to 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 keep that alive, yeah, is, is important for the, the kids coming up. Well, Tiffany, uh, thanks so much for your time uh, this evening. I, I, I just can't wait to, to have you uh, 
um, at our literary lunch uh, with Silas and Jason and, and anybody else that wants to sit in. I, I know the audience is going to be in for a real treat, and it's going to be such a pleasure to meet you and to follow you. I, I'm going to look forward to your EP, and uh, we just wish you the very best uh, in the life that you uh, have have already created for yourself and, and the life that you are now building in Nashville. Thank you so much, Bill. Talk to you soon. See ya. Think Humanities is a podcast from Kentucky Humanities. Think Humanities is available at kyhumanities.org, iTunes, and SoundCloud. 